Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Andy Staples on three. Greetings from Mobile. I'm here for the Senior Bowl. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll talk about QBs and who I'm excited to see. But we, we got to talk about rankings today. On three's final class of 2024 rankings came out. On Monday, Charles Power, director of recruiting, will be here a little bit later to talk about those rankings. And we, we got into a discussion of how, how they come together, you know, how they're modeled, because I think people don't always understand how the rankings are put together. Uh, and in the case of, of the on three rankings, they are made to kind of model the NFL draft. So you got your, your 32 five stars. Those would be your first rounders. And also positional value is taken into account. Uh, but as Charles points out, there's a wide receiver at the top. And that wouldn't always happen in the NFL draft. Probably would very infrequently happen in the NFL draft. But that just tells you how good everybody thinks Jeremiah Smith is. And that's the, the wide receiver from South Florida who's headed to play at Ohio State. He's actually already in Columbus, already enrolled. He's going to be a fun one to watch. Couple of top 10 guys signing with the Florida Gators. Of course, the Georgia Bulldogs. A bunch of guys in there. Tennessee's got some guys. Auburn's got some guys. It's it's The, the wealth's been spread a little bit. The, the NIL era, the transfer portal era, uh, the wealth has been spread around college football in terms of talent. And it's it's also affecting the high school guys because you've got more five stars going to more different schools, it seems, every year. And so this has become a, a little bit different different project. And it's it's interesting because we it, it evolves in real time. Like we had a ruling the other day about how we're going to handle short time signees like Julian Sayan, who was the top-ranked quarterback in this class who originally signed with Alabama, and then he decides to hit the portal when Nick Saban retires, and he winds up at Ohio State. So we are just trying to get the arms around everything, and they're going to be late risers, late fallers. This is going to be very interesting because the, the ones, the, the guys that you think we have ranked too low, if they blow up, You'll happily throw that in our faces. The guys that maybe our folks liked a little better than some other companies' folks, well, the, the receipts get kept on all of those too. So we will see who winds up on top. Charles Power, I know he keeps uh, keeps track of that stuff pretty close. So we'll talk to Charles in a little bit about that. But first, we got to talk about something that happened in Ann Arbor on Monday, and we talked with Clayton Safey on Sunday night about what one of the most important things Sharon Moore could do at Michigan. And that would be keep Ben Herbert, the strength coach. Well, we find out on Monday morning that's not happening. Ben Herbert is going to the chargers with Jim Harbaugh. Though. So what do you do? 
this is this is now the most important hire of Sharon Moore's four-day tenure. Well, you hire the guy who worked with Ben Herbert the entire time, uh, Justin Tress, who came with Ben Herbert in 2018 to Michigan from Arkansas. So the idea is some continuity, more of what they've been doing, and and you hope that stays the same. And that's what Michigan's trying to do. It's a very difficult needle to thread because you do want to establish your own program, but obviously what Jim Harbaugh was doing was working. So you want to try to keep as much of that as you can. Herbert was a pretty critical piece of that because he was such an instrumental point person in developing a lot of the players that maybe didn't come as five stars, but are going to leave as NFL draft picks. So that's what... Sharon Moore has to do now. He's made the hire. It's again, it's probably going to be his most critical hire as Michigan's coach. We'll see what happens. I mean, this is this is one of those this gets argued over you know, who is the best strength coach in the country. Ben Herbert was was arguably the best one, one of the highest paid. Scott Sinclair at Georgia obviously is very good. Uh, we, we've seen other strength coaches come in. And be able to revolutionize programs. You know, Florida just made a change there. They're hoping Fitzgerald will come in and make a big difference in their program. And you know, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. You know, you have the, the stalwarts like Rob Glass at Oklahoma State, who's been almost as important as Mike Gundy to Oklahoma State success. So it is going to be. Very interesting to see Sharon Moore put his stamp on this program. And that was one he was hoping he didn't have to do because, you know, it's it's one of those deals where the strength coaches in the NFL, not necessarily as valued as the ones in college football. But if Jim Harbaugh could offer Ben Herbert a really good deal, then maybe he wanted to go. And the other thing it tells you is that Jim Harbaugh probably has a lot of control with the Chargers. This is probably more control than your average NFL head coach. And look, he had leverage. He had the leverage to get that control. Uh, they just hired a GM who was the assistant GM with the Ravens, you know, from the John Harbaugh tree. So this makes a lot of sense. Like when, when Jim Harbaugh negotiated for that job, he was able to negotiate quite a bit of power and probably more than your average NFL head coach because he had a contract back in Ann Arbor if he wanted it, that would make him the highest paid college football coach in America. So that's that's how you lose your strength coach right there if you're Michigan. But we will see what the new administration can do. Justin Tress obviously learned under Ben Herbert. He's a young guy, and there'll be a lot of energy. The question is, will that do what it needs to do to keep that continuity in that program? We talked about it with Clayton on Sunday night, you know, because Michigan's been in classes for a while, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for those guys to jump into the portal. They can just do spring practice, finish out these classes and then decide if they want to. But I think they're in a good spot. I think that they do have a chance to keep almost everybody. And, you know, it, it's interesting because we, the further away we get from the Alabama situation where, when Nick Saban retired, multiple guys went to the portal. You still look back at Alabama's roster now and you think, okay, now they still got a lot of four and five-star talent. They, they still got a lot of really good players on that roster. I don't think it was as bad as it looked. So 
With Michigan, we'll see. We'll see. There, there's a lot of talent there. Somebody's going to try to get some of those guys to consider leaving. The question is, how much do they want to stay? And and I would imagine, you know, from talking to a lot of those guys before the, the national championship game, they, they do want to stay. And I think there's a lot of guys that want to stay and make it work with Sharon Moore, that elevating him makes them want to play for Michigan even more. And so they're in a pretty good spot in terms of roster retention, even at a time when it's it's hard to keep your roster together. But we shall see. So later in the show, we'll talk to Ramon Foster, former Tennessee Vol, uh, about Tennessee's potential to be one of the more improved teams in college football, about Nico Mania. Obviously, that's one of my my pet topics because I'm I'm fascinated by Nico Mania at Tennessee, Avery Mania at Kansas State. I, I love the the idea that these former five-star quarterbacks are now ascending and they are going to have their chance to put their stamp on these programs. And if they are really good, then they can take these programs to another level. Here in Mobile, you've got a bunch of quarterbacks who some NFL teams are going to hope can take them to another level. Now, the three headliners in this QB class, Caleb Williams, Drake Main, Jaden Daniels, are not here in Mobile. But I am excited to see some of these other guys because I, the more I read from folks who are really plugged in with the NFL and about the draft, the more I hear and see that Bo Nix may be able to really make a case for himself this week. I'm excited to see Michael Penix Jr. throwing against some of these guys because I think his two healthy seasons at Washington, yes, he's going to get asked tons of questions about the season-ending injuries at, at Indiana. Like Health is an issue. But his two healthy seasons in Washington were quite a statement. And you can say, okay, well, he didn't look that good in the national championship game. Looked real good when he was throwing against Texas. Looked real good when he was throwing against a very good Oregon defense. So I don't think that Penix is going to come out there and look any different than he looked at Washington. I think he's going to be throwing darts when he gets out there. Nick's I'm really excited to see. Spencer Rattler from South Carolina, I am really excited to see because Spencer Rattler has the arm talent of the top quarterbacks in this draft. But it didn't always show up on the field. You had you know the, the 2022 season where – he put it all together for a couple of games at the end of the season, but it never, you, you didn't see it before that. And then this past year, I, I don't know if they had the offensive line to protect him enough to really show what he could do. So that's another one. I'm very excited. Michael Pratt from Tulane, who had a great college career, American athletic conference player of the year. Now he gets to play against all these guys coming from the power conference schools. And look, he's done that before you, you saw him beat USC in the bowl game after the 22 season. So, there's a lot to like about this group of quarterbacks. Joe Milton from Tennessee. So why is Joe Milton at the Senior Bowl? You heard Jim Nagy say it when, when he was a guest on the show. The NFL scouts want to see Joe Milton. They're intrigued by Joe. They see the, the size. They see the arm. They see the body. And they think, oh, man, what, did, what didn't happen in college? What could we do? Could we do anything differently? I think that's what they're going to look at. 
I don't think it means that Joe Milton can rock it up to a first round grade, but I do think that he can make a case for himself and say, look, I can figure this out. Or if it doesn't work out for him, then the NFL scouts will say, all right, we now have seen what we wanted to see. We now understand why it worked out the way it did at Tennessee and at Michigan. So all really interesting stuff. It's a, it's a pretty star-studded senior bowl, uh, star-studded offensive line, D-lines. That's one of my favorite things is the one-on-one pass protection drills at practice. Those are awesome to watch. It is like watching bull elephants go up against each other. And that is the highlight. So if you want to find me at practice, when those guys go off into the corner to do the, the one-on-one pass pro, that's where I'm going because it is so much fun. And there are guys like Cooper Beebe from Kansas State who we've had on the show, uh, Christian Jones from Texas who, who we've had on the show, uh, Tavondre Sweat, the D tackle from Texas is going to be there. There's a lot of dudes that are going to be going at it in the trenches, and it's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait, and we'll talk about it tomorrow on the show because we'll get to watch some of the practice. We'll get to talk to some of the guys. And then, uh, and then Wednesday as well and Thursday. So going to be an action-packed week here on the show. But first, we got to talk rankings because nothing makes people happier or madder than rankings, especially recruiting rankings. Your team's guy went up in the final ranking. Oh, yeah. You guys got it right. Your team's guy went down. What do you guys know? Charles Power joins us to explain how all of this works. It is a big, big day at On3. The final class of 2024 rankings have been revealed. The man in charge of putting all those together, Charles Power, joins us now. Besides having a name, it sounds like something Homer Simpson would change it to to become more dynamic. Charles, what have you been up to? these last, I mean, basically since you started on three, because that's, you were already on a lot of these guys at that point, but how, mm -hmm. how long has this process taken to get from you know, basically all of the high school players in the class of 2024 to this list? Yeah, we, we start each cycle really two, two years out from today, or, or maybe even a little more than that. It's the, the first time we really sort out and kind of make our initial spreadsheet and go through um you know all of the prospects is, is after their freshman freshman season so uh man it's like a, i guess close to a three-year a three-year process that we're that we're going through and and closely evalu evaluating these these prospects and it's it's fun there'll be, there'll be guys that will follow for three or four years and there'll be some that come up on the radar you know, the last couple months essentially as, as huge senior risers. So there's real, there's no real defined arc for them, which, which is really what makes it fun. And it's all evolving in real time. So, uh, you know, it's kind of trying to hit a moving target. And that's why like this last ranking is, is, is the most fun to me because it's all the information, all of the exposure, um, all of the film, all of the stats are, are, are really, stationary for the only time in this entire process so it's really really fun to kind of sit back you know the the, the past couple of weeks and, and sift through um you know everything and and a lot of these prospects are, are already on college campuses so it's not going to be too long before we start to see them making plays yeah it's interesting because i feel like i think about how much this has all changed like every time i watch chris jones play and obviously he's leading the chiefs into the super bowl again but 
that was a guy that Mississippi State tried to hide from everybody. They didn't want anybody to find out about him. And then yeah. he blows up at the postseason all-star games and and winds up on all these final rankings. And and now it feels like you can't hide anybody. Like all these guys are 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 yeah. known commodities, but you still have people who surprise you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. And that's funny. I remember the Chris Jones thing. Uh, that's exactly how it was. I think he showed up at the Alabama Mississippi All-Star game that year. Everybody's like, who is this? <laughs> and then of course, like I think he ended up like like top five in the in, in the cycle. Um, and really, I guess it's probably played at that level in the NFL, despite being like, I guess what he was like a second round pick. But but yeah, I mean that that's that's really the fun thing. Like one of the funnest parts of 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 this job and just tracking recruiting is kind of the discovery process, seeing a guy when he has an offer or two and they blow up into national recruits. And I think the way information is disseminated now um in, in how how much film is available i think back when i started doing this we were getting film on dvds and and now it's it's all not even on youtube it's at like on huddle it's at you know the like the games are uploaded within an hour or so of of conclusion on friday night so uh we're in the information age with recruiting and everything is is readily available i think it makes for um it makes for uh, identification of these top prospects uh, easier and easier and earlier and earlier for sure. Yeah, you can see those whole games now. You can't. You don't necessarily get fooled by the highlight yeah, films. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I'll start with the guy at the top of our list, and he's a. I mean, probably at the top of anybody's list who who was watching these guys play. Jeremiah Smith, the the Ohio State receiver signee, and he's already on campus at Ohio State. Uh, was he one that just jumped off right away and you thought, okay, this guy's going to be a, a top 10 type player all along? Yeah, it, it, Jeremiah Smith is interesting. He has always been a national prospect, right? I think he was like a top 50, top 75 type um, coming out of his you know, freshman, sophomore year. Really had a, a great finish to his sophomore year at Shaman Madonna. But but what what really excites me about Jeremiah Smith is he has gotten steadily better course of his high school career and that's kind of a, a common marker you see with these top prospects and guys who really kind of launch into college from a uh from a developmental standpoint jeremiah smith has put on 40 plus pounds you know in, in his time at, at, in high school uh he he has gotten increasingly more athletic if you look at his track times he went from running you know probably average uh marks in the hurdles to being the state champion so this is a guy who has really improved physically and technically he is a, a one who is uh, a master technician. He he's just very dedicated to his craft. You can see with the the intent with which he practices. Uh, so he has the the five star work ethic to go with just the natural ability, uh, and I think that's what makes him a, a special prospect. I mean, I you have we have to go very far back to find a receiver prospect who's more advanced at this stage. Um, he's six three two fifteen with with like he looks like he could be on an NFL field right now, and and is the best route runner in in the class. Like, that is extremely rare so uh and, it, and it's, it's the best receiver cycle that i've evaluated and I, I think it's a historic group so um for him to be at the top of that and the top overall prospect is uh you know i think i think as about as high as praise as you could give him well i'm sorry rest of the big 10 you thought you were getting away from from marvin harrison jr and you thought that was going to be okay but yeah now this yeah. guy shows up and and ohio state still has a bunch of other really good receivers too uh yeah. let's let's talk about a couple of guys uh that signed with Florida, DJ Lagway and LJ McRae. So you got a you got a quarterback from Texas, you got an edge rusher from Daytona Beach. Uh, these are the the cornerstones of Billy Napier's class. Now, mm-hmm. 
I think they thought the class would be a little bit deeper. But this is the type of talent that, that I don't hasn't signed with Florida really since the must champ days. Yeah, I mean, D DJ Lagway, I think, had, had clearly the best senior season of, of any quarterback uh, in the 2024 cycle. And, and that's one thing that we've kind of been saying all along, right, with, with, our, with our evaluation process, processes, you know, the senior season at, at quarterback is the best predictor historically of kind of projecting success at the position. And, and Lagway showed a, a bunch of improvement as a senior. He was just put up just eye-popping stats and, and led his team to, to their best season. Uh, it, I think in school history, deep playoff run. They, they, they lost in, in, in the playoffs to one of the best teams in the country, DeSoto, uh, and he was making big plays in that game. So I think he had 74 total touchdowns, threw for over 4,600 yards, 72% uh, completion percentage. I think his yards per attempt was 11, 11.5. Ran for 900 yards, maybe 15, 16 touchdowns. So um, gets it done, gets it done through the air. I think he's arguably the top arm talent in the cycle, in addition to being the most mobile top quarterback in the cycle. So uh, has a complete skill set at, at quarterback. And I, I think DJ Lagway has has room to improve. Um, and, and, you know, just uh, with his accuracy and consistency. But I think that should be viewed as a positive because he's already a fantastic player. I mean, he's Gatorade National Player of the Year. I think the fact he has upside to continue to improve should be exciting for Florida fans. Um, and, you know, I, I, LJ McCray was was similar on the defensive side. I think he arguably had the best senior season of any defender nationally. Had 37 tackles for loss, uh, led Daytona Malin to their first state title, I believe, in 20 years. Um, so uh, a guy who has always kind of been a high upside prospect at like 6'6", 290, uh, runs uh, laser time in the four nines. But, but he flipped the switch as a senior, play with uh, outstanding effort level, physical. Um, you know, he's ranked as a defensive lineman, but uh, and I think he'll continue to get bigger once he gets in Florida's program, could be a 300-plus pounder. But he has the athleticism uh, and skill level to play on the edge. So a guy you could, you could kind of line up anywhere in the front uh, to take advantage of mismatches. But there's no doubt both those guys are huge pickups for the Gators. So we, we're talking about maybe like a, a slightly smaller Deion Walker type player. That, that'd be pretty uh, pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he has that type of potential, and and um, you know, probably would remind you a little bit of some of the guys that like George has had in recent years, like the big the big uh, defensive ends who can slide down inside and pass rush, pass rush situations. So, um, yeah, he brings a lot to the table. So, Charles, who do you think out of this bunch can make the the biggest instant impact as a freshman? Yeah, I, I I would look at the receivers for sure. You know, Jeremiah Smith, Cam Coleman at Auburn. I think Cam Coleman at, at Auburn is 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 a, is a special receiver talent. Um, you know, he has the biggest catch radius of anybody in the cycle, uh, and and is is an elite athlete as well. He's probably the freak of this receiver group at six three and a half, one ninety, uh, with, just with his athleticism, ball skills. Uh, kind of a kind of a rare combination there. Um, and then, then you have a guy like Ryan Williams at Alabama who's going to be playing his freshman season as a 17-year-old. Uh, he's the biggest deep threat in, in, in the cycle um, and a guy who I think projects as a star in Kalen DeBoer's offense. So I would start off with the receivers. I think that's that's kind of the special position group uh, in, in 2024. But also I would look at Ellis Robinson at, at, at Georgia. Um, you, you look at kind of what Georgia's lost at corner. Ellis Robinson is extremely ready to play. I think he's going to come in with, with the mindset to – lock down a starting role in, in Athens. And uh, that's one thing that's, that really impressed me. In addition to just his cover instincts and ball skills, um, he does not back down from from top competition. Uh, and I think of any corner we saw in the cycle, uh, he had the best go of it with, with Jeremiah Smith and Cam Coleman in these kind of national all-star situations. So I, I don't think he's going to 
be swimming in, in the SEC when you throw him out there. Um, and, and on the on the line, I, I would I would say Jordan Seaton would be my pick with with um, mm -hmm. Colorado you know, offensive tackles. Yeah, at Colorado, I think he's going to be in a good spot to to play early. He's extremely polished, and there's certainly a need there at Colorado. I think they're bringing him in with the intent to play. So. You mentioned like Ryan Williams reclassifying, and you used to hear about people reclassifying, but it usually was a quarterback who took that QB redshirt where they you know, maybe did an extra year in middle school and, and were a year ahead of their class. You got these guys coming in very young now. You've got Ryan Williams at, at Alabama, you've got Colin Hurley, the quarterback at LSU. It, what happened there that, that it that started getting these guys? so excited to go so early yeah i i think i think it's kind of a developing trend i think we we saw that i'm trying to think we saw with quarterbacks you know jake bentley did it um jt daniels did it i think once prospects were kind of on that accelerated track to graduate early it kind of became a a reality i think nil probably sped it up as well you know getting to college quickly and kind of in in, in you know seeing that i think you know, the, the NIL era probably expedited that some, um, you know, I think that's when we've kind of seen players at other positions do it more and more often. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting to go back and look at these players who have reclassified and kind of see the track record there. I think the track record at quarterback, we probably have enough of to say it's pretty spotty. Um, but, but so many elite prospects there's, there's, there's enough elite prospects doing it to where, um, it's going to be interesting to kind of weigh at, at, at other positions, but like a, a guy like Ryan Williams is, he was such a prolific high school player. You know, had 70 total touchdowns the last two seasons. I think it was a deal where he probably didn't have a, a lot more to prove, um, you know, at the high school level. And I think that's kind of how a lot of these prospects look at it. Um, you know, I've, I've generally speaking a, a fan of playing out your high school career. Cause I think, uh, you know, development is, is, is such a, is such a big, big thing. And I think you, you know, typically in football and this goes for, I think, polish the NFL as well. You want to be as good as you can possibly as possibly be before you like matriculate to the next level. So I think you really need to be sure that you're that you're ready to go because you know if you're if you're projecting a lot of these guys as you know three and out types, uh, you're kind of looking at uh, wanting to be able to play as a freshman uh, if that's the case. And I think you want to make sure that you're as good as you can be if you want to try to play as a freshman. So Charles, you have some that don't match the other companies in the industry and, and that's going to happen and that they'll have some that won't match ours do you ever feel a little weird when you when you're way out ahead of on a guy and you, you've got a guy way in front of some other people i'm gonna ask you some names because um yeah there, there's one especially that uh that that intrigued me lugard adok pai so he's a 6'6 yeah. 220 pound signee for michigan for boy maryland you got to rank number 40 and the next highest is he's number 158 in 24 7 he's 258 in espn and rivals doesn't even have him in the top 300 so what is it about him that makes you so high on him yeah I, that's once we kind of get out of this the the group of prospects that we all kind of as an industry have a massive exposure to uh it that's really kind of where you see the biggest variance in my opinion kind of within uh rankings and Lugardi Edak Pai is a great example of that. I think a lot of it hinges on film film evaluation, uh information you get. Like in his case, he was a guy who was a a, a probably the biggest late bloomer uh, among national prospects in this cycle. I don't think he got his first power five offer until September of his senior year. Uh, a guy who has a basketball background, kind of late to football. 
Uh, you know, six, six and a half, you know, 215, 220 elite length. I think his arms are around 34, 35 inches, big frame. Um, he's a guy who, you know, is certainly a long-term projection, but projecting him into, into Michigan's, Michigan's program, this is, he's the type of edge prospect that Michigan will bring in, sit in for two or three years. And then he blows up in the big 10. Everybody's like, okay, like looking around saying, okay, like, who is this? Where did this guy come from? Um, they have a track record of doing that. And, and he's that guy in this class. You know, I think, you know, similar situation, but maybe popped a little earlier. Kenneth Grant was one that we were much higher on. Um, My favorite player in college football. Then, then, yeah, I, I knew you would like that. Uh, but he, we were much higher on him. And he's a guy who, you know, probably took a year or so to get acclimated um, to, to the, to like just the, the program and playing college football and then kind of exploded as a sophomore. Like James Pierce was a guy like that at Tennessee as well. Um, yeah. I think we had him as as number eleven in the cycle, and I don't think he. It was very similar to, to Lugardi Yudakpai. Um, he, he was a five star for us, and then I don't think he was maybe talking, like around one hundred and fifty like throughout the industry. But that was just like a film evaluation talking, and one talking, where you're talking, projecting talking. just the athleticism and traits kind of taking over. You know, at one well, exactly it, college football. Another guy who kind of fits that profile. Uh, you got Weston Davis higher than a lot of other people. He's a he's a offensive tackle prospect who signed with LSU. He's 6'5", 285, basketball guy also. You know, how much of the the basketball part of it or the other sports, maybe they maybe they run track, maybe they, they throw weights, maybe they wrestle, how much of that factors into these evaluations? I mean, I, I think it provides a lot of context uh, for, for, for multiple reasons. One, you know, we, we gauge our, our rankings, kind of judge our rankings on the NFL draft. And if you look at, if you study the, the backgrounds of most of these high draft picks, top players in college football, guys who ultimately become NFL stars, they're, they're almost always is, is a multi-sport background. Um, so I think it's highly informative just to the, the baseline, um, you know, athleticism, coordination, spatial awareness. It, it helps all of that. And I think with, with track, for instance, that that's, that is probably the best way to gauge speed nowadays um because most of those times are electronic they're verified we know if they're like wind dated or not and it's it's probably the best aside from going to a camp and seeing guys run beside each other um or knowing exactly what timing systems are being used uh you know, track and field is is a really really strong indicator of, of athleticism even that and that goes with even with shot put with off with, with offensive mm -hmm. defensive linemen is when you look at that stuff it's like and you look at the data it's Proves to be like fairly predictive, um, you know, of athleticism and um, like explosive power. So you, you mentioned basing things on the NFL draft. And, and so does that mean positional value is, is incorporated in the same way? Like, do you have do you have to be a really, really good running back to be ranked high in these rankings? Yeah, the, the positional values is, is baked in. Um, I think the, the way we look at it is. We, we we try to have our numbers for the most part mirror kind of what you would see in the NFL draft, whether it's the first round, top 100, the draft in total. Um, our numbers are are generally pretty pretty tight there, um, and because I, I think you just need, need to really be kind of up to speed with the how much value the NFL and really college teams are kind of placing at these specific positions. So we try not to be too far out of whack there, uh, but 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 when you get to a case like a like a Jeremiah Smith, for instance. Um, you know, probably unlikely Jeremiah Smith is going to be the number one draft, like number one pick in the NFL draft. But I, I think when you're in, in a cycle like this, where there's not necessarily a no doubt number one type overall at, you know, other premium positions like quarterback, offensive tackle, pass rusher, 
Um, he's the guy that that you feel like has the highest, you know, kind of draft floor as a guy who is probably the best bet to be a top five, top ten pick out, out of this group. And you know, I think I think one parallel, um, you know, in in recent years would probably be the 2019 cycle with, with Derek Stingley. Uh, I think there was a feeling that Derek Stingley just had, you know, an extremely high floor uh, for, from a from a draft perspective as a cornerback. He was probably the surest thing in that cycle. Ended up, being, I think he was. Ranked number two, probably across the industry, if not number one, and uh, ended up being the third pick in the draft. So uh, that that that's kind of a parallel that I would draw with with, with Jeremiah Smith uh, in this cycle. So when you put your finishing touches on this, do you do you shed a little tear, or is it just straight on to twenty twenty five? It's 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 honestly probably straight on to twenty twenty five. You know, I think I think we uh, I don't know we might take a little time to, to celebrate or. Say, say our thank yous but uh for the most part it, it's quick it's quick transition into 2025 and honestly i've kind of been holding off people talking wanting to talk about 25 like hey man like we we're, we're we're wrapping up 24 here but uh you know i think i think my analogy for switching cycles that quickly is kind of like you're like learning a new language you're kind of reacquainting yourself with the 25 prospects we've been pretty hardcore in 24 for the past month or so so um i'm looking forward to um, the, the reintroduction to 2025 and diving into those guys within the next you know couple weeks to, to month. Well, you, you got to. They're they're committing like crazy. I they mean, are. Was, they are. One thing when they're all committing in May, now they're all committing in, in January. They are. They are. I mean, it's going to be quick. I mean, I think most of these guys are going to be committed within the next six or seven months. So, um, you know, and then and then we're we're going to you know watch their senior years and kind of do this all over again. But that, that's the fun thing about recruiting. It's 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 always fresh there's always something new um it's always a new group and that's like the 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 challenge and the fun part of this job but also the fun part of following it you know, as a fan i think too so um it's kind of always always um it presents a new possibility for 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 your team to to land a top guy that's exactly right and you see charles power doesn't hate your team everybody he loves your team he Love loves your all. players that's <laughs> yeah. right in their own way some of them in a three-star way, some in a four-star way, and some of them in a five-star way. Charles, thank you so much. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Andy. That is Charles Power, and that is a man who knows that every ranking he makes will be parsed, and he will make some people happy and some people very, very angry. And we've seen that. We've seen that. And that's, what, that's why I asked about some of the guys that he has much higher than everybody else because – you know, sometimes as as an evaluator, you you just believe in somebody's traits, and uh, we we see it all the time. Like again, I'm at the Senior Bowl. We see it in the NFL draft all the time, where you hear about the scout who stood on the table for this one particular guy, and maybe everybody else didn't quite believe. But that's that's how some of this stuff happens. It is not homogenous across these things, and guys still get missed. You still have zero star recruits who become. Great college football players. You have five-star recruits who don't really do much, but that is also part of the fun of following all this is you just don't know. I do know, though, we have our matchup in the Super Bowl, Chiefs and the 49ers, and FanDuel is ready to help you enjoy that game even more. Super Bowl 2024 special, so sign up at FanDuel.com staples. If you make a $5 bet and win, you get $200 in guaranteed bonus bets. And they got some specials for this one. Very, very interesting. It could be like if you're trying to get that, that $5 winning bet, 
and and get your bonus bets. You may want to go with something that's you know a little lower on the on the odds. So, for example, Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy combined for fifty plus rushing yards. That's a plus one forty five. And I mean, watching both those guys play, knowing how good these defenses are, they're probably going to get flushed for the pocket a little bit. And you saw Brock Purdy a very critical third down conversion with his legs late in the game for the 49ers. You've seen Patrick Mahomes do that. So maybe that's how you get that, that the, those bonus bets. But if you wanted to go for something big time, you want to go for something where the, the odds are long, but the prize is, uh, is sweet. 60 plus yard field goal is plus 4,000. But guess what? Harrison Butker has hit a 62-yard field goal. The Chiefs kicker, he has hit a 62-yarder at Arrowhead. So it's possible he could hit one in Allegiant Stadium. So that one is a very interesting one. FanDuel.com slash Staples. You win a $5 bet, you get $200 in guaranteed bonus bets. Good luck to everybody. Get signed up, FanDuel.com slash Staples. Now your Nick Saban retirement update. If you are wondering how Nick Saban's retirement is going. It is going swimmingly. It is smashing. So his daughter, Kristen, posted this on X on Monday. Dad played golf with Travis Scott and 50 Cent like it was no big deal. Retirement is going too well. And it's a photo of Nick Saban and Travis Scott hanging at the tee box. Now, I, I want to see the 50 Cent portion of, of the proceeds here, uh, of the proceedings here, because... Well, one is Fifty Cent still as jacked as he used to be. This how how far does Fifty Cent drive the ball? He looks like a man who who's long off the tee. I want to know. Like Travis Scott looks like he's more of a short game guy, and Nick Saban. Curious to see how much better he's gotten at golf since retirement, because obviously there wasn't a ton of time to play golf while he was busy dominating at Alabama. But that is. Man, it's doing it right. And, and Kristen, his daughter's Twitter feed has become an absolute goldmine. So I don't know if everybody's watching. There was a, a thread the other day about, hey, what do you think Miss Terry's to-do list has been for Nick in his retirement? And people were going back and forth. And Kristen chimed in. And then somebody asked Kristen if she had any pictures or, or video of, of Nick Saban surfing. And she came up with video of Nick Saban boogie boarding. This was a few years ago. This was when he was still the coach at Alabama. But I, if, if we're going to get unfettered access to the camera roll of Nick Saban's daughter to see how he's enjoying his retirement, I'm all for it. This is Just bring me the updates every single day. But yes, retirement is going fantastically for Nick Saban, just in case you were wondering. Now, Deion Sanders hasn't retired yet, but his sons are already, ta already talking about buying him a house. Coach Prime, as far as we know, this is not this house has not been purchased yet, but Shadour and Shiloh got together, the Sanders sons and, and Deion Jr. got together and took Deion out to this, this mansion in Colorado and said, hey, we're thinking about getting this thing for you, and we're going to chip in and get it for you. And that's, I mean, look, the NIL stuff's going great for those guys. Obviously, Shadour is, is probably going to be a pretty high NFL draft pick. So there is definite possibility that this could be 
the gift for dad, which listen, I think we're all hoping that, that our kids are going to buy us something like that someday. But with Dion, you can tell he, he knows what's going on because he, he gets in there and he goes, this is the God of wind house because now I, I know some of the places have reported that they already bought this thing, but according to one of the, the Colorado TV stations on Monday, it has not been purchased yet. So uh, Dion understands they got to have a big year. They got to win. It, the, the, the boys need to cash in on some more NIL. Shador needs to raise his draft stock. That's how you get that giant mansion, which, by the way, does apparently have a stock pond because we know Dion likes to fish in the offseason. We've seen that on, on his Twitter feed, and we've seen that on the, the well-off media YouTube page. But it's interesting. We have not talked a ton about Dion this offseason, and I think it's probably because of the way last season ended. It was It was very disappointing, and they just couldn't get it back together. There was the panic demotion of Sean Lewis. You now seen Sean Lewis head off to, to become the head coach of San Diego state. Charles Kelly just left to go to Auburn. He was the defensive coordinator. So it will be a little more quiet in Boulder. I would imagine you got stuff like this. They'll go viral for some stuff every once in a while, but I don't think it's going to be the, the un fettered excitement that there was for Dion last season, because we're just going to have to see more. And I think Dion understands that. I think that's why he's looking around the house going, this is, this is the guy to win house. That's not the four and eight house. That's the, the maybe seven and five, eight and four house. Cause that's, that's a reasonable expectation of recruit uh, of improvement for Colorado. Now they're moving into the big 12. I don't know that it's going to be that much easier than the PAC 12 was the, the big 12 will probably not have the elite at the top that this past year's Pac-12 did, but it will be deeper all around, if that makes sense. And they got a lot of work cut out for them. So I think we're we're going to be limited to the, the few times Colorado goes viral in the offseason for stuff like this, but it is not going to be us waiting with bated breath to see Colorado play like we were last season. What's this going to... And then obviously they beat TCU and and then win a few games and it just gets into just mania mode. I don't know if that's going to happen. They open with North Dakota State, by the way. That's a tough opener. And you do not want to lose to an FCS team if you are Dion. So even, even one of the best FCS teams. But we will find out what happens with Dion. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll stay tuned. We'll see if the boys decide to buy that house. And if my kids are watching, yes. That is exactly what I want you to do when you make some dough. Get dad a mansion. No, don't, don't do that. Don't get dad a mansion. Dad doesn't need a mansion. Um, dad wouldn't mind a, a little beach bungalow, though. Dad would be cool with that. So if you guys are watching, just take take some advice from, from Shiloh and Shadur, but not so big and not so cold. That's how you do it. All right. Ran into one of my friends down here at the Senior Bowl, and one of my, my favorite people to talk to, Ramon Foster was an offensive lineman for Tennessee from 2004 to 2008. He went on to a great career with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's back in Nashville doing radio now. One of the most interesting voices you will hear in the radio, and also just some great talk about Tennessee, where they are now where they were when he finished up because he, he was at Tennessee in a very interesting time. And then he talks about the guys he was living with at Tennessee. 
you want to talk about an inspirational group. It was pretty unbelievable. And one of those guys just got a big promotion because it's Gerard Mayo, former Vols linebacker, who is now the head coach of the New England Patriots. Let's talk to Ramon. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Honored to be joined by a guy whose show I go on quite frequently, Ramon Foster of Ramon, Kayla, and Will on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville, but more importantly, former Vol, Vol for Life. Vol for Life. Ramon Foster, Ramon, this is this is a wild time. Like I had a video recently, we caused a little stir in the Volunteer State because I said Tennessee is one of those teams that can make a jump in 2024, yeah. and and really like a two win jump for Tennessee would put Tennessee in the playoff. If you think about that. That's 100% facts. I mean, if you look at the way the 12 game setup is going to be, it should, especially you look at conference strength of schedule and depending on the loss. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And the thing is, no Nick Saban anymore. Alabama comes to Knoxville. Like, okay, going to Athens, you can write that one off. Yeah. And, may, and we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But, but I am just curious, you know, what is it like? as someone who is talking balls pretty much every day. Now you've, you've been dealing with a Titans coaching change. Yeah. So I understand you've been busy with that. But when Nico got in that bowl game and showed what he could do, how much did the excitement level change? Uh, a ton. Because almost at any level, high school, college, NFL especially, yep. the quarterback matters. And I think when you see a guy that has promise after hearing the hype, because recruiting is one thing, but actually seeing in the game is another. I've gone to school with numerous guys that were four or five stars, right? They'll use like, that's a four or five star, and they don't turn into it. So you, when you actually see it and the stories behind it is backed up because of the tape, that's when the optimism hope takes you a very long way, man. And that's not just at Tennessee. That's almost any school. You look yeah. at the way coaches jump into the portal to find that next guy because that next guy might give them hope. So watching what Nico has done in that game against that defense, that's the other side of right. it too with a, the majority of the starters in it, that gives you a lot of, 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 of optimism for the upcoming season. So we're here at the Senior Bowl. We're going to yeah. see Joe Milton against you know some of the, the best players in college football. Mm -hmm. But that seems to be the thing. Like, can Nico be better than Joe? Because Joe was not able to be as good as Hendon Hooker. Yeah, and, and that's where I think seeing him operate in that uh, game actually gave people that insight. The one thing about Joe was this. You knew Joe could make every throw, but can he make it consistently? And it looked like Nico was capable of doing that in that bowl game. Again, I got to mention that defense because they got so much praise about how good they are right. and the amount of, you know, yards they gave up. And the separator for me, and honestly, Joe and Nico so far was, it was Nico's ability to use his legs. Mm -hmm. And then you look at him as a freshman, his size, he's long, he looked like a, a stick, right? Running, but of yeah. course the toughness showed up in those games in those moments so yeah i think it's there but the, the coolest thing is this from hendon to joe to nico they've all had a relationship 
It seems yeah. as if they've communicated and what the expectations are going to be. So I think having Nico sit and not being given to him immediately yeah. after high school can somewhat cater to his ability to be some a little bit more savvy going into this well, year. And you can speak to this having played there because I, I try to explain to people the pressure at Tennessee, that it's very similar <laughs> to Alabama, very similar to Ohio State, where it is the biggest thing in town. It is the biggest thing in the state, mm-hmm. even though there are NFL teams and NBA teams and NHL teams, but it is the biggest thing in the state. And it is, it does feel like when there is hope there that it's kind of a, you better do this. Uh, it, it, it is, but it's a good place to be because that should be the demand. When you look at that conference and how many national champions have come out of it, and you know you have, we can throw this in now, the collective. Yep. You have the fan base. You have the support. And you mean to tell me we are getting these players? You go from top 10 classes, five stars. Like It is supposed to be that way. And you be idiotic to not be that way as a fan. So I have to tell people often, fan is short for fanatic. They're going to be crazy. And if you give them a, 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 a little bit of light, it's going to take yourself to the next level. And that's what that fan base is. If you go to campus and you've been there yep. during those games, I went to the, the one they, they beat the streak on Alabama, where Alabama won so long. Yeah. I've never been a part of a stadium. I played in the Super Bowl, too, <laughs> to where yeah. it rocked and people were chaotic in a good way. And that right there, of course, you mentioned Nick Saban not being a part of it. It's got to be other fan bases around. It's not just Tennessee. It's Auburn. It's, it's, it's Texas A&M. Yep. It's Texas coming in. It's Oklahoma. Because you feel like, okay, the system in which Alabama had in place because of Nick, and I know their coach will do his thing too, and they have a crazy support system also. But it, it somewhat gives you an opportunity now to jump in and say, watch us do work. And that's where Tennessee is and Auburn and yeah. everybody else involved. As a guy who played in the SEC, is it is it surreal thinking that Oklahoma and Texas are SEC schools now? <laughs> you know what? My, my wife's a part of these message boards at uh, <laughs> SEC uh, Orange, it, right? And it's hilarious to watch them come in because that's always been the conversation yeah. with us. You're SEC guy. Uh-huh. Can Texas hang in the SEC? Can Oklahoma hang in the SEC? It is somewhat surreal now, but we also get to see that up close and personal because you hear about the the, the rich recruiting bid that they have down there. So let's see what it looked like in SEC play now. All right, so wait, wait, your wife is a message boarder. She's no, just okay. a group, of course, of like SEC fans. Okay. And apparently the Texas and Oklahoma group has just come in. Oh, just okay. Big they dog. came in hot. Oh, okay. my gosh. They, they don't really know. We, it's not illegal for us to do horns down, do they, yet? No, you can do it. It's all you want. I can't wait to do it. Go ahead, though. No, no. It's, <laughs> it, it will. I, I, I am laughing about that because I, I don't think you can complain to the conference office about that. In the SEC, and I you don't think it's going to go over very well. You know how doggy dog it is in the <laughs> SEC. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because I think about it. how many guys have Gator chomped oh. after they've beaten Florida in the swamp. Like I remember Auburn's kicker doing it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it ain't even just <laughs> yeah. football. The basketball teams do. It. Oh yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I've heard everything from Rocky Flop to all of it. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do. So welcome, Big Twelve. <laughs> yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fun to see it. But so I, I got to talk to you about. Your time at Tennessee, yeah, very interesting time. Your senior year was 2008. That was the last year of Coach Fulmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get, you came in with huge expectations as a team, and it didn't go the way it what was. What did you come away from that season learning? I came away learning, earning is a whole lot more than just giving. 
Yeah. Uh, that that I was there from 04 to 08, and that was a transition to bigger recruiting sites, um, four and five stars emphasis. Uh, you also had Nick Saban coming into the league, Urban Meyer coming yep. in and win, uh, Les Miles. All these guys came in and won early. So the need and push, the arms race to get uber amounts of talent and not develop, I think is somewhat what what kind of took us over. And when you have Urban come in and win too, and then you have Nick and then Les, I mean, look at how it's shaped up. Yeah. And the SEC, it kind of forced you to move quicker. And that meant like getting young guys out on the field. And I think when you look at how you build teams, you got to somewhat set the culture and earn it in college a little bit sooner. Unless you're going into the portal now, it's a little bit different. But I, I came away from that season saying, if you're going to win it, you got to win it the hard way. At the end of the day, the teams that play in the championships and win them, they go about it the hard way. And that was one of the stories lines this year i think with michigan yeah michigan had a very brutal and and tough practice regimen mm -hmm. and it benefited them throughout the course of the season beating sec schools and doing what they did in the national championship so i look at the way hypel is building tennessee right now and it seems to be that way to where guys have to go get it and prove that you belong on that field because there's no cupcakes in in college football but especially in the sec and i'm biased like that well and it does seem like that the cupcake factor has gone down because you take, you know, you have these schools that are taking the bottom of Georgia's roster and the bottom of Alabama's roster, and those guys are becoming starters at those schools now. They they are, but of course, you you got to stay in tune to what type of players you need and can they fit your system. And of course, if it works out that you can pull a guy that's a four star that's buried at middle linebacker, you take him. Yeah. I, I used to get you know up and upset about. It's like you can't go play Valor. You can't go play. Yeah. No, it that's the game. You either getting better, or you getting worse. And if you're not in this arms race, man, then you got to fight back. Back however way you can, and you better be very dynamic of a play caller. Though you you were an offensive lineman, we still have not seen tons of offensive linemen go in the portal. I have I have theories about that based <laughs> on too. personality traits. And yeah. is it is it just that linemen are loyal? Linemen don't like change. Lyman just don't want to move. <laughs> you know what it is. Lyman <laughs> don't get the big checks. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's probably where you to, start. Though. They are now. Um, and, and that goes a long way, though, too. But offensive line play is mostly development. If I like a position coach, I'm going to probably stick with that position coach. Even if I have to sit for a year or two, I'm going to sit with that position mm -hmm. coach because it's about development. If There's very few guys that come in and are just like freshman starters. Yeah. And because it's so physical, there's a jump from high school to college i know alabama had a true freshman star but he was also a perennial five-star yeah, guy yeah, yeah. from the get-go that's rare not georgia doesn't have that often lsu doesn't have that often these teams ohio state may but like there's very few programs that can jump in but it's also all about development getting stronger understanding the game technique matters yeah. more in the trenches so let's let's talk about the guys you played with and specifically the guys you lived with because you you've talked about this this house full of guys and it's crazy because so you who yeah. went to the Steelers played a Super Bowl successful radio career now yeah. Gerard Mayo yeah. the new coach of the New England Patriots <laughs> Inky Johnson who got hurt yeah. worried you know maybe you know he's, he's bigger than all yeah, of us yeah <laughs> he's one of the biggest motivational speakers in the country yeah like how, how did you guys kind of come together uh just same-minded like-minded people that's essentially what it was man we are 
uh, all just kind of weeded out which navigation, you know, path we were going to walk. And we kind of found each other. Now, Inky was my sweet mate, uh, my roommate right next door. Mm -hmm. um, and Gerard was right down the hallway. And we somehow every single time found ourselves around each other. Yeah. Rob was just a pest to us. So Rob, Robert Ayers. Yeah, yeah, Robert Ayers also. So it was myself, Gerard Mayo, Inky Johnson, Robert Ayers, who also went first round. He's now a coach at Tennessee and St. Clair Cannon, who's a four-star thing coming out of South mm -hmm. Carolina at the time. And um, just like-minded people, I always tell people, your your circle matters. So we yeah. ended up rooming together and everything, and uh, very unique relationship to this day. Well, that's what you were telling about Robert Ayers, like that he used to just hang around and be like, okay, I see what y'all are doing, yeah. and it seems to be going okay, so I probably should just be hanging around with you guys. You know how it is yeah. in college. Everybody has their group initially, and then yeah. you find – the ones who are on the same thing. And Rob used to literally come to our apartment on campus and sit at the top of the steps after we were done with class and just, what the heck y'all been in? Not in those words. <laughs> yeah. And just wait on us and not just wait on us. I don't want to make it sound like he was waiting around for yeah. us, but we got really super tight and he made himself around us because everybody has stuff that happens early in their career. And when you are on the right path, doing the right thing, even if it seems corny, you know, how people yeah. are all oh, you guys are corny. No, we got a purpose. And that purpose is getting to the next level. However, that's going to look now for those who don't know, Inky Johnson was a great DB. Yeah. He got hurt and it was a very, it was a terrible injury. And there, there were, you know, worries about him losing his arm. That, we thought he was yeah. close to dying from right. what we understood. Yeah. yeah. And, he has become literally one of the most sought after motivational speakers in the country. Was he like that and as a player? Or was he like that at home? A, a two star. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah, know yeah, that yeah. coming in as a two star from inside Atlanta, he tell you all time zone six East Atlanta is where he's from. <laughs> like he's actually from that and grew up a hard way. Like most football players do that come from, you know, lower income income places. And he just had this grind about him. It's, yeah. it's authentic when you hear Inky speak, but if you talk to him, it's the exact same way, too. So, yes, he was like that. And one thing I'll say about our, our group was this. Very transparent with one another, mm -hmm. unapologetic on how we talk to one another, too. And it was all truth and no fluff in between. Uh, the times where I was struggling, Inky was a guy, and I never forget he said this. We'd be frustrated because he got red-shirted, too. Mm -hmm. And we go to workouts, come back together to the dorms and stuff, and he'd always say, he called me this to this day, big homie cream rises to the top i'm like okay and he's just say when you look at it all that that that, that crap settles to the bottom and the cream rises <laughs> to this day he says that to me when we're talking about certain things so yes he's always been that way it's just the tragedy helped amplify that even more and it, it's i still watch the video because he posts them every day mm -hmm. and you want to you want to wake up get pumped if you just follow inky johnson on twitter run through a wall i promise <laughs> it, it, but here's yeah. the thing with those types of people that do motive you, you you sometimes talk to them off saying like oh, who the heck is this when you talk to ink you get that authenticity yeah that i don't think you get from many others that do what he does and meanwhile now you got gerard mayo who we, we knew was going to be a head coach in the nfl sooner rather than later but now he he's replacing bill belichick you, you're like hey, hey no pressure yeah, <laughs> yeah crazy man uh here's the thing about gerard from the day that he came in from a military uh mm -hmm. family too his family is from the dmv area yeah. or he's from the tidewater area of uh virginia i think dmv got switched up one day from us so he's from the tidewater area of virginia very highly concentrated talent that comes out of the vicks so many guys come yeah. out of that area gerard's had that business goal-oriented mindset from the day he got on campus he said i'm doing three years and i'm out and he meant every bit of it we all played a part in how we got to our point to where 
Rob first round. Uh, now I'm coaching at Tennessee. Inky does his thing. Gerard's now a head coach. I ended up playing 11 years, and Sinclair Cannon's a business owner in South Carolina. We all played a part in figuring out how we're going to get to that point. But Gerard, I would almost say, somewhat said it because his conversations were different. We go out, but we went party crazy. We do our thing, but like the main thing was always the main thing. I never saw somebody grind as hard as he did to come back from his ACL injury mm -hmm. than he did. And he set that goal, pretty much laid it out for us. And we all looked out for each other. So I never forget when he ended up going pro. Um, one of the first thing he did was the coolest thing is that he gave us his Nike accounts. Like, hey, <laughs> y'all, my guys, go because it was more motivation. Yeah. Um, and that's always been his thing. Uh, super cerebral. Um, and will is a straight truth teller. Yeah. And and that's why he is where he is right now. I think. What's it gonna be like for you to see him lead them out next season? Man, so the entire process was crazy. Before the news broke, of course, everything was already set for right. him to take over. Yeah, it was in the contract. He faced uh he FaceTimed us the night before, and we've been hearing and yeah. we talk, yeah. and he kind of told me one thing or another, right? I told us all. When we got that FaceTime and I saw five faces on, I'm like, including my, I'm like, oh my, I got the screenshot of it just to <laughs> save it. And you ought to see the smiles on it because to think one of your friends, we all got successful friends. You do too, right? You're very successful. I don't have anybody coaching your Patriots. <laughs> but to see that it was, it was beyond cool because again, you saw him mm -hmm. have that type of mindset even back then play caller in his uh, sophomore year at UT. So he, he understands how to lead. Uh, I'll be honest with you. A portion of me is overly excited for him. The other half is like, but it's the Patriots. I got to root for my friend, man, because uh, it's, it's not common. You have this type of success. Well, I, I cannot wait to see it. And uh, I just, it has been fun. Yeah. Is it when, when you took over that show, I was coming on every week, and uh, it, 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 it has been a lot of fun watching you grow into this career. Uh, but, man, it, I, I will never forget because it, it was – I think it was 2020. Yeah. You you started and you said you were mad at me because I was predicting not a great season for Tennessee. I, I actually predicted a better one they had. Yeah. But you were like, no, no, 10 wins. I'm like, what? I did. I did. I did what? say that. I did. And it – I, I, me, I'm passionate about my balls, like most fan bases, right? And I was understanding the fan side versus the actual side yeah. is where I'm at now. I'm a little bit more governed now, okay? That's I'm right. Like, bring it back because you got to look at all things. And now that well, I'm into callers now, too. I do. And I got to look at what recruiting is, what other teams have done now. So I understand how you break this down and to why your analyst uh, analysis of it was more accurate than mine. Well, I but then I got it wrong and you got it right that first cycle year. So <laughs> yeah, it, it all hey, comes back around. We talk a lot. We're gonna be wrong, right? That's exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. Ramon Foster, thank you so much. No problem. Any time. The great Ramon Foster, and he's so much fun. If you get a chance, if you're in Nashville, uh, they're they're on in the mornings on 104.5 The Zone, but they also uh, you can listen to it on the internet. Uh, Ramon Kalen will do a great job, and. He is one of my favorites because the the combination of Tennessee Vol and Pittsburgh Steeler, there are no more loyal people than that, and an offensive lineman to boot. So he, he's a fun one. All right, I'm in Mobile. I get to watch some senior bowl practices tomorrow. You know where to find me. One-on-one -on -one pass protection, large people hitting each other. It's going to be spectacular. I'll tell you all about it tomorrow. 
We will talk to you on Tuesday night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.